0: Welcome to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. In this podcast, we inspire advisors with ideas and pathways to break through barriers and build a thriving retirement income business. We will interview innovative technology developers, business leaders, and successful advisors, then help you organize and execute these ideas to move your business forward. Hey, folks. This is Jack Martin. I'm the virtual CMO for Insuremark, and I want to welcome you to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. This is where elite advisors are coming today to learn from our industry's thought leaders about what they should be doing to break through their practice to the next level. And so this morning, I couldn't be happier to have Ed Slott. All of us know who Ed Slott is. We followed him for a number of years. He's become instrumental in a lot of the changes that advisors have embraced with respect to re- retirement tax planning. Ed, welcome to the advisor podcast again
1: well it's good great to be here and kick the new year off with some great opportunities for
0: advisors absolutely absolutely and and I want to dive into to what we should be doing differently in 2024 but first there's been a lot of conversation about what's happening with generation X and what's happening with wealth transfer and what what the parents you know should be doing to take care of themselves for that wealth transfer and what they should be doing for their kids so uh, I imagine you, you know in your consumer presentation You've had some questions about that. So what are you what are you hearing from consumers about Generation X, wealth transfer, that subject?
1: Well, you're probably not gonna wanna hear this, but what I'm hearing from consumers, they wonder why their advisors are not bringing up these topics. Their advisors are always talking about, oh, I can make you more money and make you more money and invest and buy and sell and hold. You know, the people, <laughs> let me just, uh, we're talking to the advisors now. The clients you want, the ones with money, which is I assume the ones you want, they already have it. They're not looking for the next hot stock and the next hot fund. They're looking for advisors that can help them keep what they have. And make it uh, last for as long as they do, and pass it on with good tax planning to the next generation. You know, we've reached again. Sorry to say, Jack, uh, we've reached what I call crossover point, where the consumers, the ones with the money, who are more astute and they're reading and they're finding answers, and they're not sure because this stuff is so complicated. I call this crossover point where the consumers, the people you want as your best clients, have now not have now, in my opinion, crossed over and are more educated on these issues than their advisors. So I, I'm telling advisors, and now we have we have 2024, 2025, everybody knows rates are supposed to go back up in 2026. This is the time to start putting the pedal to the metal and learning about the second half of the game. Everybody knows you can make the money and investments, but can you help them keep the money? That's what they want. They want the planning. That's where they see the value. And that's what I hear. In most programs because i talk about this in consumer programs and it's always like well how do you get an advisor to talk about that they all say they don't do tax planning it's like kryptonite they're afraid to talk about it you know what i tell advisors when they tell me this they tell me this in seminar well we're not allowed to say the word we don't do tax planning here's my message to advisors. I understand all the the items you have to put, the disclaimers and all of that, that you don't do tax planning. But let me tell you this. If you touch an IRA, and by the way, this is where all the money in America is and is going. This is where you want to be. That's why we're on this program with InsureMark. If you touch an IRA you're doing tax planning. If you advise on a Roth IRA, you're doing tax planning. If you advise on a Roth conversion, you're doing tax planning. If you advise on a rollover, you're doing tax planning. Whether you say it or not, you're already doing it. So may as well get better educated and jump in because if you're not talking about this, some other advisor will be.
0: So if that's a great point. And it, it really opens the door to, to a lot of, of different conversations. One of the, one of the things we're learning is that it, to reach that Generation X, you, you got to do things a little bit differently. Okay. They, they don't respond to normal marketing things. And one of the, the, the tactics that uh, elite advisors are using is to, to bring together the family. To have a conversation where you you've you've maybe done your homework with the with the parents, and now you're saying, "Hey, look, let's bring the kids up to speed as to what we're, we've we've done for you." So if I'm gonna go down that path, what kinds of things do I want to make sure I've talked to the parents about from your perspective to make sure I, I've got all of their ducks in a row? So beneficiaries comes to mind, you know, the, the have we planned around inherited IRAs, those kinds of things. So from from your perspective, what kinds of talking points, if you will, should I as an advisor have with that family? What things should I have done to get ready for that family meeting situation? Does that well, make I- sense?
1: Yeah. Oh, total sense. You know, for those people who don't know my background, I was. I'm still a CPA, a tax planner. I had my own tax and estate planning practice for 40 years, and I have to have to laugh when Jack brought up these family. I call them family meetings. We did this all the time. This is one of the best things you can do. Yes, Jack, you're right. The younger generation, they like email. They don't like talking. You know, actually, to people, I have this with my kids, millennials, all the time, and I have to say, you know, because they'll tell me, oh, I. Talk to so-and-so I said wait a minute did you talk or did you text it's never talking but you know what I've learned and this is all true it's been true 40 years ago it's true now people with money want to talk to people in fact about a year ago I was with my daughter in her 30s and she was visiting and uh, I said oh you know what I you want to take a walk to the bank I have to go to the bank and she looked at me said dad yeah I'll walk with you but you know the only people that go to banks anymore are old people like you. I said, you know what, that may be true, but you know who else goes to the bank? People with money. Yeah, people with money want to talk to other people and that's your opportunity so i had these meetings all the time when i did estate planning meetings i always invited for several reasons and i'm going to give you those reasons and those reasons are even more uh, more in focus now because people want to talk to people and the older people like me now the older generation the baby boomers want to involve the children. They're worried. I I have the same thing with my kids. I worry about how they're going to handle their inheritances. Are they aware of the rules? Fortunately, in my situation, I don't have any of those problems because I took my own advice. I don't have to worry about RMDs with IRAs and stuff because I don't have any. Uh, I I have everything that I do in tax-free vehicles like Roth IRAs and Uh, Life insurance, all the things I've been preaching, I did for myself. But uh, the reason you want to have these meetings, the reason I did, and I would always bring the uh, the children in, and they're not babies, I'm talking about the adult children, they're already 30, 40, sometimes 50 years old. I want them to know what I'm telling their parents, because when you just talk to the parents, you're not doing about this, about the transition, the transfer of wealth from one generation to another, the estate planning... It's not going beyond the parents, unless the children, the adult children are involved. Not only that, if you don't involve those children, and now it's a lot easier, you know, I had a tough time years ago, the kids weren't always around, we had to do it. I used to do a lot of these meetings over Thanksgiving weekend when more families were together. And I didn't even have full meetings then. What I had then, I said, well, I want to meet your kids. I know they live in California and you're in New York, but they'll be in for the holidays. I used to come in on those Fridays on Thanksgiving weekend and say, let's just have like bagels and coffee just to meet and greet. So they know who you're talking to. Because if they don't, if you as the advisor doesn't meet, if you don't meet the next generation, they will torpedo your best ideas from afar. They'll say, oh, mom, the guy was just talking to you. They have to be part of it. In fact, I had that reaction when the kids were at the meeting. I remember one meeting where I was talking about, again, I don't sell life insurance, but I talk about it as a valuable vehicle that I use for my own family. And I was talking about life insurance and one of the kids was saying, oh, come on with that stuff. I said, hold on a second. Do you understand what this conversation is about? Oh, yeah, I understand. Well, tell me everything I talked about. Who is the beneficiary? Oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, this is about you. So it's so important to bring in the next generation. Number one, so they don't like, uh, shoot down your best ideas and to connect with your future succession plan. That's the succession plan of your business. And the minute you meet with them, First of all, when you do it with the parents, I don't know how easy it is to do today with everybody everywhere and quick on time, but I used to sit with hours for them. And in that first meeting, I built that relationship. I built that bridge to the next generation, but I kept meeting. And I used to have this, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a test, but I noticed things. When I would have the second or third and fourth meeting when I brought the kids in, I'm in an office building, like a lot of office buildings. There's no bathroom in the building. You have to get the key and go around the court, you know, on the floor. Uh, And when the kids started saying, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, I know where the key is, they would say. I knew they were at home. That was a signal to me that they knew my place. They were comfortable there. And then I got all of those kids as the transition. The older clients died. I was much younger then. Now I'm close to 70. And most of my, you know, when I was doing this, my client, I was in there in my 30s and 40s, and my clients were 70s or 80s. Now I'm almost 70 and most of the clients are dead. But the kids transitioned uh, for all the years that I kept doing that. I even get calls from some of them every now and then telling me how thankful they were that I included them and how the transitional wealth, of course, this was in the era of the stretch IRA, which some of them still have, but the rules have changed now and advisors have to make that clear. Where all the money is in inherited IRAs now, you have to let them know you're going to have a big bunch of tax with this 10-year rule after death. How can we plan for it? How can we do things to get rid of this heavily taxed IRA, use tax-free vehicles, like I said, Roth IRAs, life insurance, so that you don't get hammered with taxes just when you're in your highest earnings years? It's all about the next generation parents love this and your future clients the beneficiaries will love this and this is more important than ever before because more of the money is in IRAs untaxed money 401ks not only that look at the demographics Nick uh in 2024 now we're in 2024 I was almost going to say next year but we are in 2024 already in 2024 I don't know if you've seen the statistics but according to the U.S Census Bureau, Uh, More people, baby boomers like me, will be turning 65 this year than ever before. And that trend is going to continue. I believe the numbers around 12,000 a day or over 4 million a year. And that's going to continue. And here's a really scary one for baby boomers. By 2030, every baby boomer will have reached age 65. So there is opportunity everywhere. But you, Jack, you brought up the
0: best point. Again, it goes back to old school communication. That's excellent insight. So w- w- what we've learned, uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, so we-, we talk about uh, mom and dad and having the meeting with the kids, right? But we know high probability that mom is going to be the surviving spouse. And right. so the the adult children have a concern. What are you doing for mom? How are you taking care of mom? So that's kind of the first level of that conversation. It, 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 I think for advisors is to think about, here's what we put in place to make sure that your mom is taken care of. Here's what we, we put in place to make sure that she has adequate income. She doesn't have to worry about it. One of the things we know about women versus men is they tend to invest a little bit more conservatively. They aren't the big risk takers like the husbands were. So do you have a conservative income plan for them? Have you taken care of their care needs so that they're not going to be a burden on their children? And I hear that from my parents uh, who are in their nineties. Now, I don't want to be a burden on you kids. Right? So those are all great conversations point conversation points for advisors. So let's transition a little bit. So in, in this year in 24, Uh, What kinds of things, you know, should uh, an advisor make sure that he's talking about with his clients with respect to retirement tax and IRAs? What's the what's the quick checklist, you know, that he needs to make sure he's 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 covered with all of his best clients?
1: Well, the first thing you need to know, and I've said this every year since the SECURE Act came out, IRAs are now a very probably the worst wealth transfer vehicle you can have. But unfortunately, that's where all the money is. IRAs are now a poor wealth transfer or estate planning vehicle. Why? Because in 2020, under the original SECURE Act, Congress eliminated that great benefit that I used to advise on all the time and talk about, uh, the stretch IRA. There is no more long deferral, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. That's gone. That was a great planning move. You have to educate people that this money is going to be taxed and heavily taxed. Right now, we're in the lowest tax rate you may ever see in your lifetime. You have two years that we know about, 24 and 25 before rates are scheduled to go back up. Now is the time to have a plan to start bringing those retirement funds down, even if your clients are before RMD age, which is now 73. I wouldn't sit there and wait on the sidelines for them to take RMDs. I would talk about a proactive plan to get some of this money out now into Roth conversions. You talk about helping out the surviving spouse. Here's something that really helps a surviving spouse. When one spouse dies, Generally, they leave everything to their other spouse. So you're going to have a situation this year, like every year, 2024 is no different, but it's more urgent now because I think at some point, if you believe in math, like I do, and you see the deficit levels, at some point, the bill is going to come due for our debt and deficit levels. It's, it's off the charts. And most of that money is going to come from money that has not yet been taxed. Like IRAs. So if you have a couple in 2024 or any year, but we're in 2024, a married couple, and as I said, when one spouse dies, most of them leave it to the other spouse, and that's fine. And that leaves, let's say, like you said, Jack, the widow, the wife with holding the bag. And what happens is when that spouse, say the wife, inherits, she's going to have this because she inherited everything, she's going to have other than the adjustment say for Social Security, she's gonna have the same income they both had when they were together, which means her tax rate is gonna go through the roof. I call that the widow's penalty. You can prepare for that with Roth conversions, but let's say you haven't done the Roth conversions and a spouse has died in 2024. This is the year the first thing you do is advise on a full Roth conversion. Yes, that will cost some tax up front, but it's tax that will have to be paid later anyway, and it removes the burden from the surviving spouse. What happens when you do that? First of all, Uh, Yes, you will pay tax up front, but that's not the worst thing in the world if you can get it out at low rates, even if it's a large IRA. What's the benefit for your client now, the one who's most worried, the surviving spouse, the widow? Now you tell her, well, because you did the conversion in the year of death, you still get to use for this year the married filing joint rates. Next year, you won't be able to do that. You'll be at those single rates with that widow's penalty. But here's what's going to happen next year. Next year, and actually after this year, once you convert to to the Roth, you won't have any more RMDs. Your income will be lower each year for the remainder of your life because you won't have any of these high taxed RMDs that would have been taxed if we didn't do this at single tax rates. You won't have to worry about taxes, about the uncertainty of what future higher taxes can do to you in retirement. You won't have to worry because you'll have a Roth IRA, not subject to required minimum distributions. But if you need the money, it's tax-free. So it won't trigger tax on Social Security. It won't trigger the IRMA charges, the Medicare charges for parts B and D you won't have to worry about the things many people in your situation are worried about because they didn't do this planning. Not only that, if you're worried now being the surviving spouse and thinking about your own estate plan, know that under even these new rules, when you die with that Roth IRA, it accumulates tax-free, whatever you didn't spend. And you could spend all you want. You never have to worry about taxes. So your income will be generally lower for the rest of your life Even if you withdraw that money because it's tax free, but whatever you leave to your beneficiaries, they can hold for the 10 years. They are subject to the 10 year rule. But if they wait till the end of the 10th year, all of that accumulation is tax free to them for the for the full 10 years. All of that buildup because you did something now in the year of death. But even if you're not in the year of death, I'm saying don't even wait till a spouse dies. I'm saying when that happens, that's a great opportunity to really help that surviving spouse and again, your future clients, the beneficiaries who may be in their own highest earnings years when they inherit. And the best thing they can inherit is a Roth IRA where they don't increase their own rates. So you can do a lot of good things, but even without a death, think about getting some of this IRA money out now before it's even required. I always say, we talk about RMDs. The M in RMD stands for required minimum. It stands for minimum, but it doesn't stand for maximum. You can take voluntary distributions, do Roth conversions. The point is the last thing you wanna leave to beneficiaries or even a surviving spouse is a heavily taxed IRA. You can take some of that money from the IRA, either do the Roth conversion or the life insurance. And you talked about the uh, meetings before, Jack, and one of the things I talked about always was life insurance. And you specifically mentioned how can we help the surviving spouse, which we assume often is the wife. And I remember sitting in a meeting with same situation with the husband and wife, and he had at the time a $6 million IRA, which was big at that time. It's big now, but it was really big then, Years ago, when you had only a six hundred thousand estate exemption, remember now the exemption's over thirteen million. So with a house and an IRA, they were looking at taxes plus income and estate tax of 80 percent. And I said the only way around this is let's take down some of that IRA and put it into life insurance. And the husband got angry. I'm not doing that. I don't trust life insurance companies. I say why? He says they have big buildings. I don't like anybody that puts their money in big buildings. And, the, and, and he was ill, but he could have got life insurance. The wife, on the other hand, the smart one, she said, I like that idea and I'm doing it right in front of him. They had four kids. She took, now again, I don't do the life insurance. I had them call their insurance advisor. And she took a $2 million policy on herself. Turned out, even though he was sick, she happened to die first. The four kids got checks for $500,000 each. The husband was still alive. He came back to me and says, maybe I'll do that life insurance now. At that point, he was a few weeks away from death. He couldn't get insurance. And they they paid a fortune uh, that didn't have to be done. But at least the kids saw what I did for them through their
0: mother. So these are important conversations. So that's all great stuff, Ed, and and it's really helpful. Um, So a a couple of things I I just want to pull out, and then we'll wrap. One of the things we've learned is that if the if the surviving spouse isn't addressed in the planning process, seventy percent of the time they're going to fire the advisor at the when the first spouse dies. And so in in the conversation you just described, uh, where the surviving spouse is concerns were listened to and ultimately addressed, that spouse is going to stay with that advisor, okay In the next generation, when the adult children hear that mom's needs have been taken care of, that she has you know predictable income, that she has uh, taken care of her her health care needs, that you have taken care of them through her, That checks all of their boxes, and now you're connecting with the next generation. And so, Ed, this has been super informative as always. Uh, Any closing thoughts before we wrap up? One thing I did not
1: mention is you're exactly right. The surviving or the one who thinks they're going to be the surviving or the parents, they're worried about again keeping protecting what they have what we started this conversation and again i don't sell i have to say this all the time because people think because i talk about insurance and annuities i'm a cpa i'm a tax advisor i don't sell stocks bonds funds insurance annuities none of that but as a tax advisor you have to see what options are out there and more people are feeling good about annuities now they like the idea guaranteed income we did this for my mother and her final actually it wasn't even me obviously it was but it helped her in the final years i wasn't the advisor it was my father had died years and years ago and he saw that my mother was like the energizer bunny she was going to go a long time and she sold the house we grew up in the only one we ever had and he put her in about four or five of these annuities and I didn't realize it then, and neither did my brother and sister, but this is the best thing that ever happened to our family. She had financial security for the rest of her life. She lived into well into her 90s. Those checks came in, those four or five checks, every month, no matter how old she got. No matter how sick she got and no matter how the market performs, these are things where advisors can make a difference. Can you imagine how the family, the children, your new clients, the beneficiaries will feel knowing their mother was taken care of because the advisor addressed this when the time was necessary?
0: And now is the time. Yeah, 100%. Hundred percent. Hey, folks. Uh, this has been a super conversation with Ed Slot. A lot of nuggets. I really encourage you to connect with one of our advisor development consultants. And I especially want you to to talk to them about how tax planning fits into your practice. This is not. And, and Ed, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not an area where you kind of go back of the napkin and just kind of uh, shoot from the hip about advice. You really should be oh. using some tools to help you do the planning and and ensure Mark has access to probably the Best suite of tools, starting with Helista Plan and moving on through that to help you with your with your client conversations and, and with your planning. None of it crosses over into the practice of accounting or the practice of law. That's all been litigated. As a certified financial planner, I pass the tax planning module. I do tax planning for my clients. There's nothing illegal, illicit, or untoward to doing that. Ed, I, I know she wants you have to,
1: say, to do it. Not only that, Jack, you you. Um... <laughs> You don't give yourself enough credit. Look at all the programs you and I have done together with InsureMark that have helped advisors at least address these rules. You know, I've gotten comments back from some of the people that attended these webcasts and it was almost always the same thing.
0: Oh man, I didn't know how much I didn't know. Yes, exactly, exactly. Ed, super enlightening as always. I really appreciate it. Hey folks, this is Jack Martin with InsureMark for the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Feel free to like, share, comment, and you can catch this uh, podcast on a lot of different venues. Uh, We look forward to seeing you uh, in 2024 at one of Ed's events or uh, at one of InsureMark's uh, enlightening uh, business alpha webinars. So on behalf of InsureMark, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, Jack. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of InsureMark. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.